0: I think once you face a pandemic, you're thinking life is a bit too short. Maybe I should uh, (laughs) try and enjoy it a little bit more, you know?
1: We should learn that uh, COVID uh, has been
0: uh, a great opportunity. Whenever we're put under pressure, we tend to at least try to come up with something good out of it. You're listening to the Nonstop Talent Show, a podcast about recruitment, HR, life, and everything in between. Brought to you by international recruitment consultancy, Nonstop Consulting.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to our new podcast. Um, today, we've got Antonio, who's a cardiologist. Uh, he joined the pharma industry to have a bigger impact on healthcare. He rose to become a global medical director for both big pharma like Casey and a rare disease company like Airedale. He's currently Senior Global Medical Director at iCubia, where he can help even more innovative therapies to become accessible to the wider population. We've also got Giulio, who has nine years of experience in recruitment, initially focusing on the Italian life sciences industry. Uh, he then broadened his focus to more recently focus on the wider European and USA teams and general client satisfaction as non-stop client services director. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you
0: very Hi, much. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for having Hi. us. Ciao, Giulio. So, Giulio.
2: Let's uh, let's crack on. Let's get straight into it. I'm going to throw the first question out at you. Uh, what do you guys think are the three biggest changes for the pharma industry post-COVID?
1: Very interesting question. Anton, you go first? <laughs> Thank you very much, Julia. So, very interesting question. Uh, well, the the, the COVID pandemic changed uh, the or moved uh, CROs and sponsors to change uh, their mentality on how to manage uh, trials. Everything uh, during the pandemic shifted uh, more on decentralized trials, so decentralized way to conduct trials to reduce, uh, of course, the the burden of the patient to go to the hospital, so to reduce uh, even uh, the possibility to contract uh, the virus, virus, but uh, on the same time to provide reliable data which can be spent with the regulatory authorities. Uh, Obviously, this required also a big change and a big improvement in the technology. Because as you can imagine, uh, uh, record uh, reliable data at home or in a decentralized setting require a very uh, nice and updated and evolved technology. Which should be applied to uh, trials to clinical trials. Moreover, there is a second aspect which is very important. Uh, the pandemic and the decentralized uh, trials idea um, made uh, uh, had a big impact also regulatory authorities because regulatory authorities before the pandemic were not so keen to be happy. I would say, uh, to accept decentralized trial results. On the contrary, during the pandemic, they first uh, accepted the idea, and then they verified that the data collected in a decentralized way are reliable and are really very good data. Uh, So this is also a change in the mentality of regulatory authorities which became more keen to accept uh, decentralized uh, uh, trial conduct. And third, I would say that even the sponsors uh, had uh, to change their idea of how to conduct uh, trials. And uh, I would say that they are more relying or to better say, they are more listening to advices provided by various CROs or various KOLs uh, or stakeholders. So to uh, have uh, very good, reliable results from their trial, and on the other hand, being very supportive also the patients who are enrolled in the trials. So I would say that these are the th- the three biggest pillars, and we, uh, let me say, raised by the, or driven by the pandemic. Of course, there are a lot of other consequences by the pandemic. So, for example, an enhancement of the number of research that had been put in place, a huge number of studies on vaccines, a huge number of studies on new therapies were put in place, and huge efforts were, were done. Also on the other hand from regulatory authorities any regulatory authority pushed uh, themselves uh, to be faster and even more accurate generally to be fast and accurate uh, is very difficult but they put a lot of efforts in uh, this uh, uh, in this uh, in this way of acting and i would say that uh, the results are are I mean, are, are visible to every one of us. Uh, nowadays, uh, the timelines are reduced. On the co- And on the contrary, they did not lose uh, any accuracy in the revision of the data. On the contrary, probably, they put uh, uh, a lot of people uh, checking uh, every data. And so now we can say that what they approve is based on real science. Please, Julia.
0: I wanted to ask specifically regarding one of the points that you mentioned and it's something that I've noticed as well when talking to clients is that a lot of clients have tried to let's say ride the wave of the COVID and vaccines and, and I believe some of them even talking to like other senior people, they felt that the company lost a little bit of direction. They were trying to get something on respiratory or COVID or virology when really maybe their company was about something else entirely. So what what is your opinion on this from your perspective?
1: Well, I think you are right. But I wanted to underline the fact that most of the companies who were not in the vaccine or immunology field um, at this point, they were pushed to enter in, uh, in these fields, not only to evaluate new vaccines or new therapies, but also to evaluate the effects and the possible therapy of the side effects of vaccines or, therapies, or therapy for COVID, or even to uh, solve the consequences of COVID. Let's remind that the COVID is not a respiratory disease. It's a pandemic, it's a pan disease. And for pan disease, I mean a disease which affects almost all the apparatus of our human being. It affects the cardiovascular apparatus quite, quite heavily, I would say. Um, it affects the respiratory apparatus, but it affects, I would say, all of the apparatus of the human being. And so I believe that uh, I strongly believe that most of the companies jumped in this to try to solve or to relieve the patient from the side effect of COVID, of COVID uh, um, infection. So there was a huge movement in that direction. Also, because you don't have to forgive that in the first period of the pandemic, we were not accustomed to treat such an infection. We were not aware of, of what that <laughs> infection was. We had a huge amount of patients recovered in emergency room, recovered in reanimation room, recovered in in very serious conditions, and we had asthmatics had to face a lot of diseases which were concomitant and which uh, were, unfortunately, very fast uh, uh, getting the patient to death. And we were not able to treat them. So I think that the, 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 the huge amount of research has been performed in this period is something really amazing and is something that brought our science to a next level.
2: So th- this is interesting. You're saying it's, um, it's really progressed the science, You've, You know, like you said, taking it to a, a new level. How has this affected hiring in the industry then? And how could it affect hiring in the, in the coming five or so years?
1: That's a very, uh, that's a very uh, interesting point. <clears throat> because, uh, uh, you know, nowadays, uh, there are several aspects uh, to be considered uh, when uh, you are applying uh, for a new position and uh, when you are the sponsor looking for a new position, for a new person uh, joining your team. I've seen that uh, uh, they, are, the sponsors are looking to uh, medics or to people with a very wide experience and uh, with the capability to adapt themselves to the changes in the using of technology and so on, they are looking for people who are able to deal with data and uh, uh, artificial intelligence. They are dealing uh, to people with a clinical, with a strong clinical background, uh, to support the, uh, the the figures that are normally dealing with the data and examining data. So mainly, uh, they are looking, in my opinion, to someone who is able to drive the most advanced analysis and able to drive um in particular a new concept on the evaluation of big data and artificial in- and using artificial intelligence. Uh, on the other hand uh- I think I don't
0: agree-
1: sorry Julio I interrupted you.
0: No sorry because you jumped also into the 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 conversation about skill sets and what the skills exactly. that will be coming up in the future, which I think is, is very important as well after COVID. Um, and actually what you mentioned, I, I literally had written down myself, like I think medical focus is obviously increasing, AI, bioinformatics for sure. One of the things that I, I also thought that's maybe not only relevant to life sciences, but I also do believe that strong managerial skills will probably be the number one thing that everyone is going to need. Exactly.
2: Why why do you think that, Julian?
0: COVID has basically started the great resignation, which we can discuss a little bit later. But it's the fact that obviously there is a lot more jobs, especially in the life sciences industry. I don't think we're talking about a talent shortage. We're talking about a surplus of opportunities that hasn't happened in a while. As you were mentioning earlier, Antonio, now we are, there's so much investment on new technologies, new ways of doing things that obviously there's just so many jobs going for everyone. And that's a little bit of the issues that once you have so much hiring, managing a high growth organization, is 10 times harder than managing a stable organization, obviously. And I think that's, where we're gonna see the biggest problems are gonna be people that are lacking the leadership or managerial skills, and that's what's gonna. That's also the number one reason why retention is so low yeah, uh, in, exactly. in certain companies, at least.
1: I totally agree with you. As I said before, uh, the, the 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 best people are the one who understand the new paradigmas so the new technology, the use of artificial intelligence, the use of big data, and so on, and they are able not to, to transfer this understanding and to help the people dealing with this data practically. So again, your, your thought on the managerial skills, in my opinion, is absolutely correct. And I would add another piece from the other side. I mean, the, the people who wanted to apply for a job or for that particular job. Uh, during the pand- immediately after the pandemic, we have seen that most of the people are not looking for a better job in sense of better salary or in sense of better position only. They are looking also for a better balance of quality of life. So, for example, there is a, an increase, as you said, of uh, resignation because of changes of life. An increase of resignation because uh, of uh, a bad balance of uh, working life and private life, an increase of uh, requests of uh, um, remote working, or uh, smart working, uh, as we are calling it right now. Um, and sincerely, my experience is that uh, smart working is absolutely effective. So just for, to give you an example, uh, I am managing a team of senior director and, and uh, directors, all of them are medics, spread out all over the world. And uh, I have only one person in Italy, by the way, he just retired. And all the others are in US, in Argentina, Bulgaria, Portugal, uh, China, UK, Russia, uh, Ukraine, even if <laughs> probably the situation nowadays is not the best one. But I mean, uh, they are completely spread out. And uh, they are working from uh, their home or their home offices. Even the ones in Ukraine, Mm -hmm. they are working under the bombs. They do not transfer. They do not spend time to commute to the office. And they sincerely, my personal experience, again, I'm speaking here by Antonio Ferrari, not by for sure. But my personal experience is that uh, this type of of uh, way of working is absolutely welcome by most of the candidates nowadays. I'm saying most how do you manage
2: first. that? That's a lot of different people in a lot of different time zones how do you How do you manage all of that?
1: You adapt yourself <laughs> so there is a huge way of adaptation
0: absolutely. <laughs> excuse me.
2: So it sounds like you might be working 24-7 kind of thing. Yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) Well, no, but you adapt
2: yourself.
1: I I mean, uh, there are days in which I work uh, till late night and uh, there are days in which at uh, 5 o'clock I ended. So no problem.
0: Uh, Sorry, I I think there's a little bit of delay, but something you mentioned, you know, you said after COVID, so many people were looking for work-life balance. I have a very simple explanation for that as well. I think once you face a pandemic, you're yeah. thinking, whew, life is a bit too short. Maybe I should uh, <laughs> so try and enjoy it a little bit more, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure.
2: Uh, Antonio, from what I understand, um, Ikubia generally scores really highly in fields such as employee satisfaction and flexibility. And hmm. so it may, maybe your flexible working situation adds to that. I'm not sure. In your opinion, why, why do you think you're scoring so highly on these factors?
1: Flexibility? Reliability, it means that we rely on our employees. So we are not, uh, generally speaking, or at least I'm speaking by myself, of course, but I think that the direction of IQV are very clear. Micromanagement is not one of our main goals. We uh, Generally, we do not perform any micromanagement also because again i am biased by the fact that i am managing a group of very senior people so in the organization so it's obvious that i do not apply micromanagement but i think that uh, even my colleagues who are uh, who are managing junior people are trusting them a lot of course there are checks uh, obviously but uh, we trust our employees uh, a lot the flexibility the possibility to develop your career inside icuvia Since the possibility that Ikuvia gives, because of its size, because of uh, its uh, variety of services and so on, you have a possibility to develop your interest and to develop, to guide your career where you want to go. So I think that this combination is probably the winning combination nowadays and even from Ikuvia.
0: Actually, from my own experience talking to people working at Kuvia, I also have a a few ex-nonstops that joined Kuvia. And what I heard from their side is that you can have a lot of companies that are big, but it doesn't mean that you can be big and at the same time have the attention for what the individual wants. And I've heard stories of someone saying, like, actually, I would like to try this. And then you can see the human resources and the line managers are trying to work together to, again... Provide the flexibility, not just from the working perspective. I mean, you you were voted most virtual company in the world, I believe, last year. So obviously, you already have that. But in terms of the flexibility of where can their career and personal development go, which is obviously quite crucial, I think as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I totally, agree. Okay. I totally agree. This is, uh, in my opinion, these are the main characteristics of ICUVIA.
2: So, so just to sum up really quickly, we're saying. The skill sets that could be in high demand to help companies keep growing in the years is obviously big data analysis and managerial skills, basically. Uh, And then obviously offering some better work-life balance kind of solutions, flexible working, all of that stuff kind of plays into the retention. Julio, Uh, did I I miss something? Sarah, Sarah, there's
0: something that I wanted to pick Antonio's brain for for a second as well, because obviously one thing that I've seen that's skyrocketed uh, is biologics. I mean, everyone that's worked in pharma two days knows this. But also, like, I mean, especially with the vaccine manufacturing profiles, like MSNTs became, like, in the manufacturing sites, has become, like, very important. But also, because you actually worked with it yourself, I've, I've seen an, an increase in the combination devices, so pharma plus medical device. Yeah. So I think that's definitely going to be another one of the things that we'll see a lot in the future
1: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, as I said uh, uh, previously, the technology development uh, in uh, in the pharmaceutical, in the health being uh, uh, fields, uh, human being fields, uh, is dramatic and uh, is dramatically positive, I would say, in the sense that uh, the technology is helping uh, a lot not only in the monitoring of uh, the various uh, activities uh, so I mean heart heart uh, rather than uh, blood rather than respiratory rather than everything else but is also helping uh, in the development of new way of the administration of drugs new way of monitoring the drugs effects and uh, you know there is uh, uh, there are there is a huge movement in this direction. So this is absolutely what we are seeing, I would say, every day. And this also has the role and the capability to, uh, I would say, change our minds in the sense that uh, develop a normal, old-fashioned, let me say like this, drug is completely de- different from developing a combination of drug and device, or is, ra- is barely different. So even for us, is an extra effort which has to be put in place to give the right advices to the sponsor and to design the right development plan.
2: So, So we're hearing lots of changes uh, have happened over the last couple of years and potentially coming up as well. Uh, in, in general, how do you guys see the role of CROs and consultancies evolving in the future?
1: Should I speak? <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, I think that the role of a CRO and the role of, uh, I would say that the role of the consultation provided by the CRO will increase a lot uh, because uh, we do not have only the expertise But we have also a wide vision given us by our experience and given us by the fact that we are developing several uh, drugs, several devices at the same time. So we acquire even these experiences, and we can put it together. So I think that uh, will be even further dramatically beneficial for sponsors. To have a partner, a CRO partner, which can work together during the clinical development of their product.
0: But actually, Antonio, I think that, at least from my perspective, what what I've noticed on the recruitment side is that uh, recruiters historically were always seen as like, okay, find me some CVs. Really, to put it very simply. And after COVID, I think we're experiencing the golden era, the golden age of recruitment, because companies are really, for the first time, struggling under all levels, right? Because of what we said earlier. But what I find that's quite nice in this sense is that, and I've seen it on your side as well, is that I believe that now a medical director of a big pharma company is actually far more likely to actually want an opinion, not just a service. They don't just want a problem fixed they want a, a design, yeah. let's design a solution together. And I see it in recruitment and I'm sure that in the consultancy perspective is evolved yeah. even further. And and the other thing that ties into this, obviously COVID helped, is a lot of companies realize what is the risk of having a heavy structure. Yeah. And when you obviously go to an outsource provider, then the heavy structure is relatively easier to manage because it's up to the uh, provided to, to manage it so i think that's also going to further increase the growth of consultancies like ICUVIA as well as obviously agencies uh, yeah. on the recruitment perspective but this i think it's it's a no-brainer from my perspective
1: i totally agree uh, i've seen a huge increase of requests for consultancy consultations uh, not only related to clinical development or to design of the studies and so on but also in the interpretation of data, in the setup of the clinical development plan, in the setup of how to reach the goal that the sponsors are correctly pointing out. I mean, uh, this is a a partnership that uh, we perform uh, a lot with uh, a lot of sponsors.
0: Makes sense. Uh, And actually, related to this, obviously, the logical partnership, I think, is deepening and that's, also why I believe the world of sales is evolving a bit more, not about selling, but about providing, providing solutions yeah. to problems. And one more thing that I've noticed that I think is going to become even more important is, you know, we always talked about the outsourcing model. That's that's someone everyone understands. But I think that IQVS, particularly in this, is that pioneer of the insourcing model. Yeah. So the idea of, instead of hiring someone myself, why don't I just ask for someone I Acuvia, there will be a total effect non-stop labeled, but actually is by Acuvia or, or vice versa. And I think especially for the medical field and other situations, a lot of similar sectors, something like this is going to become the rule or at least a more common rule rather than the exception.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, this is also due to another point uh, that uh, uh, nowadays it is uh, more easy to find uh, experienced medics uh, who want to work part-time for pharma companies or for CROs rather than working full-time. And uh, so you can take advantage of uh, hiring this very experienced QOL, so this very experienced medic, not having uh, a full structure, as you said, a full heavy structure. So uh, yeah, absolutely, I've seen uh, the same. Uh, Even if I'm not involved uh, in uh, hiring, I mean, Involving in hiring for my team, but not uh, in an uh, in, uh, in, in HR position, but I've seen uh, that uh, very frequently the the sponsors are requiring very precise uh, uh, figures uh, to support uh, their uh, their consultation or to support uh, their uh, their plans so yeah, I totally agree this is uh, this is uh, the, the the direction in which uh, the, the 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 market is going i would say
0: I mean basically to sum it up. Within the bed of COVID, it actually brought a ridiculous amount of technology. As Usually, as us human beings, whenever we're put under pressure, we tend to at least try to come up with something good out of it. And uh, for the consultancy side of things, I would say the future has never really been brighter. It's going to be a lot of hard work, but also a lot of potential results yeah, as
1: well. A lot of hard work. <laughs> You're
0: right. <laughs>
2: That's a a very, very nice point to to sum up this, Julio. The future's never been brighter. So is there anything else that you guys wanted to add?
1: No, I think that uh, COVID was uh, a dramatic situation because uh, a lot of people lost their life. Uh, There were really dramatic uh, situations, uh, really, really dramatic. But uh, we should learn that uh, COVID... uh, has been uh, a great opportunity to change uh, uh, mind setting, to explore new uh, new fields, uh, to explore new planets, a new way to 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 work, a new way to act, uh, possibly a more efficient way to w- to work, and giving uh, to employees uh, a higher balance of uh, working and private life with, of course, uh, maintaining the absolute uh, reliability, um, the absolute accuracy of the data and the absolute reliability and integrity of the data.
2: Excellent, That's that's a really good summary. Julio, any final points from you?
0: I think uh, we, we kind of covered uh, what we wanted to talk about. And uh, again, Antonio, like you, you brought insights that even after nine years of pharmaceutical industry, I wouldn't even be able to glimpse into Thank you very so much. Definitely. Thank you, for, thank you for your time.
2: Yes. Thank you. Thank you, guys.
0: Thank you very much to you both. Thank you very thank much. You-